We are on the fourth parak now of Mesilat Yisharim. Having, remember, when we said we were discussing how to, uh, <coughs> how to, each midah, we define, we attain, we then learn how to possess something, and then we retain, how do we keep it? So now we're on Kinyan of Zahirud. How do we possess? How do we attain Zahirud? And when we say attain, we don't mean like getting out your checkbook or your credit card and swiping and saying, now I want to buy some Zahirud, obviously. But, but what, how should one convince themselves? What is the shikhnua, uh, what is the clinching deal that would make someone want to, uh, to, to do Zahirud? And, and here Ramchal gives us three options, going from the, the top, the ideal option, to the least the least option, and it runs as follows. The ideal option is for the shleimim, meaning the shleimim are people who understand what Zahirut is. And here you don't need l'shachnea, you don't need to convince them, because it's so obvious why you would want to do it, meaning a person who understands the importance of their life, the importance of who they are and what they are, and the fact that God, uh, took the time to create them and put a neshama in them, that person understands that there is a need to do zahirut because that's how they're going to fulfill themselves. You cannot fulfill yourself if you're not prepared to accept critique. You cannot fulfill yourself if every time someone makes a comment to you regarding your behavior or lack of behavior, you get offended and you need to call a mashkichayin or get your parents to phone and complain or so on and so forth. A person has to be ready to take critique. I, I referred to it earlier on, uh, the, the and I've referred to it many times in the past, countless times in the past, you go to a doctor and the doctor says he's given you a blood test and you are iron deficient, uh, imagine turning around to the doctor and saying it's because you hate me or because you don't like me and your rationale is, well, you didn't say this to the other person. You, you understand that if I'm giving you critique or you're giving me critique, the motive behind me giving you critique or you giving me critique is irrelevant. It, it just doesn't matter. It doesn't matter whether I'm giving you critique because I like you or hate you, if we're going to be so childish as to say. It matters whether the critique is correct. That's all that should matter to me. If I'm doing something wrong, if, if I parked in the wrong place and I'm going to get a fine from the police and someone says you parked in the wrong place and I know they don't like me. So I say, oh, you're saying that because you don't like me. I'll, st- I'll still get a ticket from the police, correct? I'm going to get a ticket from the police. It, it doesn't matter what the motivation of the person who's giving you critique is. If they're giving you critique because they hate you, then they have a problem. They, they shouldn't be a teacher and they, they are lacking as parents, but, but it's irrelevant for you. What's relevant for you on this particular issue is whether there is something lacking in your actions. And a person who really wants the best of their lives um, wants to hear any criticism. If, you, if you've done something, if, you, if, you, if you're giving a class and, and uh, or I, I, you know, if I say something in Poland once, it happened uh, this year where we were in Poland, you know, I, I did something else in the gas chamber in Majdanek. And when we came out, Jeremy said, you know, Jeremy often says to me that was fantastic. And, and this time he said it was too long. Okay, so I have to consider it. I don't have to agree, right? But I don't have to be insulted. Um, I didn't then go around the girls and ask, was it too long, was it not too long? I had to think about it. I don't know whether it was too long and what the too long meant. Uh, but, but I know he didn't give it to me, that critique, because he hated me. And even if he did, it's just simply not relevant. So the highest level of um, the reason why I should do Zahirut, because it makes sense. It just makes sense that a human being, if a human being at the end of a day in a shop, in a makolit, has a look in his till to see what the income and expenditure was of the day, just to check if a bank teller at the end of a day's banking every day has to uh, ratify, has to uh, make sure that all of the accounts are correct. 
because otherwise the bank is going to go bankrupt and the shop is going to have to close down. If we do that with a car, you have to take your car in to check it because if you don't check it, God forbid, your tire could burst or you could be in an accident. Then if we do that with a car and we do that with a shop and we do that with a bank, why would I not want to do that with my life? So the, the, the most meshachner, the most uh, uh, positive and an intelligent argument to do Zahirut is because it makes sense. You know it makes sense. The second level is uh, a different level altogether. It's still very positive, but it's not of the same, of the same degree. It's positive in, in what it implies. Here the Ramchal says the reason, the second reason, which is, which is lesser than the first reason, is not just because it makes sense, or is not because it makes sense, but because you want to get the schar, you want to get to Olam Haba. Now, of course, the premise for such an argument is that you believe enough in Olam Haba that this is a motive uh, for you to do something. You know, very often people say, I don't mind as long as I get there. Anyone who says that simply doesn't understand or doesn't believe in Olam Haba, because we never say that. You know, if you've got the option of having the best tickets in a stadium or the best tickets for a concert, you don't say, as long as I'm there right at the back, I don't care. Not at all. Not at all. Simply not, not correct. You go into a shop and there's a beautiful dress and there's a terrible dress. You don't say, oh, I'll take the terrible dress as long as I've got a dress. People don't do that. They go for the best. They want the best. Now, if a person is prepared to say, as long as I get to Olam Haba, I don't care, they clearly don't believe enough in Olam Haba. You want to go to Olam Haba. You want to see. I want to see. I'm sure you want to see. Um, I presume it's not separate because we're in the Shamot. But let's say, let's pretend it's separate. Be really, really from even in Olam Haba, where there are no bodies. I want to see. I want to see Abraham Avinu. I want to see Yitzhak. I want to see Yaakov Avinu. I want to ask some questions. I want to ask Yaakov what the Pshat is with, with Esav and, and what that meeting with Esav was really all about. I want to ask Yosef Echav. Uh, I, I want to see which, which, which Perush was correct. I want to sit with the Baal Shem Tov and hear him sing the Nigun without the Midrash Harova additions to it. I want to see these people. I, I, want, to be, I want to be in the best place in Olam Haba. I want the best seats in Olam Haba. Uh, this obviously is <coughs> not as important. It's not, it's not as positive as the first uh, as the first point that the Ramchal makes because here I'm not doing it because I want to refine myself I'm doing Cheshpon Nefesh because I want to get to the best place it's an ulterior motive the ulterior motive is Olam Haba um, and, and that's what's driving me again it's a pretty positive motive because uh, it's not driving me to get a uh, it's not material drive I'm not trying to get a big house or a big car or the best iPhone I, I'm being driven by something very very spiritual but it's still an ulterior motive I'm not doing it because it should be done because it's, it makes sense to do I'm doing it because I want to get to the right place. It's an ulterior motive. Uh, most of what we do in our lives are about ulterior motives, right? We'll all say that we are uh, law keepers and we follow the law, and, and that's probably correct. But we don't generally follow the law because we're good people inherently. We follow the law because we're scared of the ramifications. And then we go on to the third level, and the third level is punishment, Meaning, if you don't do it because it makes sense, if you don't do it because you're motivated to get to Olam Haba, so says Ramchal on his third level, at least do it so you don't, you don't end up on Olam, that you, that you get punished for you. And, and he says, and he gives quote after quote, Dafka using the Avot and the Imahot, and, and all, of our, all of our leaders, uh, he gives examples that, that people are punished for every sin that they do. Everything counts. Every, and, and anyone, he says, and he quotes the Gemara, anyone who says that God is Mavater and he doesn't matter and he says it's okay, says you're giving up on your life. It's, it's simply not. There are people who, who go around the world. Uh, Rav Amnon Nitzchak goes around the world 
really, really driving this point home. It works more with Svadim than it does with Ashkenazi because of their incredible humility and uh, they're not pseudo-intellectual. Uh, but he goes around the world too. You've got to know that there is a price to pay, right? There is a sakhar of, of an Avera. There is the enjoyment you get out of doing Avera. that You pay for it. He says, so if I can't convince you to do Zahirut, because it makes sense, if I can't convince you to do Zahirut, because you get Olam Haba, and this should drive you, because Olam Haba is far better than anything we can imagine in this world. It makes Switzerland look like a, a, a slum area. Uh, Olam Haba is just beyond, you know, in, in the way that the baby in the womb, that beautiful muscle of uh, Rav Tukachinsky, the baby in the womb, cannot... Uh, possibly believe what is outside of the womb when he's, be, when he's going to be born um, and he can't believe that he's going to breathe through his mouth and through his nose and not through, uh, uh, and not through a tube and, and, and so on and so forth. We have no idea of what Olam Haba is. So, so that should convince me to do it. But if that doesn't convince me, then Lefachot I should know I'm going to pay a big price if I, if I do the wrong stuff. And uh, ladies, this is the way the world works as it happens. As, as I started to say just a moment ago, most things that we do as law-abiding citizens are, are not because we're inherently good. It doesn't mean we're not inherently good, but that's not the reason. And, and you can see it, right? Because if there is a day, you, you come to the robber, Erev Yom Kippur, an hour before Yom Kippur, the police uh, have moved on to like uh, uh, vacation vacation time and so it's a minimal amount of police and see how people park uh, if you wanted for some reason or another to drive out of the rover on Yom Kippur the likelihood of you being able to do so in an emergency is is minimal because people just park on the road there are no police and they and they don't care and these are people who normally wouldn't do that why wouldn't they normally do that because they don't want to get a fine uh, they don't want to get a ticket. They don't want to get points. And, and if there's a red light and, uh, and uh, there's no one looking, many people will go through the red light. Uh, the fact is that most of the things that, that we do in our lives, and this is reflected by Chazal, the Chazal tell us, right, you've got to pray, f- pray for the Shalom HaMedina. Because if there wasn't a Memshala, if there wasn't a Medina, uh, there would be anarchy, right? If there was no law, there would be anarchy. I once pointed out, not once, many, many times in class, I pointed out when I was a, a young man in, um, in England, there were riots, uh, race riots in, in Brixton, in London, and in Toxteth in Liverpool. And uh, I, I read an article once about this many, many years ago. It's a shame I didn't keep the article. But he said, well, you know, there was looting during the riots. And the police, during the riots, when people were at the heat of, of anger, um, the police cordoned off the area and they didn't get involved, but they flew helicopters over the area. Incredible amount of looting took place when the police moved out the area until, until people calmed down. Um, what they discovered statistically after the event was they filmed, they filmed the looting. 95% of the people who looted when the police were not around, who threw bricks into jewellery shops and took jewels away, videos, televisions, were regular people. They weren't the thieves. The thieves were far too clever to do that. They saw the, they saw the helicopters, they knew it was being filmed, and thieves are thieves because they know how to do it, right? They know uh, how not to get caught, the 11th commandment as such, not to get caught. That was the joke, right? Um, but but the, the regular man in the street, yeah well, there's no police here, I'll, I'll take something. Meaning what? That, that we cannot simply stand up and say uh, we're good people because a lot of the things that we refrain from doing or a lot of the things that we do, we do because we are bound to do by the law and we are scared of the ramifications of getting caught. And many people will do things if, uh, 
if, if they're not going to get caught. I remember once, many, many years ago, we had a television in the, in the house. Um, we wanted there to be a television in the house so the kids wouldn't go to other people's houses, but we didn't want to connect it to the aerial. We didn't want them to see Israeli television or adverts. Uh, we had a video there which they could watch certain videos, you know, Fiddler on the Roof, uh, Schindler's List, and so on and so forth. Uh, they saw other things as well. Um, <clears throat> now, in Israel at the time, I don't think you have to do it anymore. Uh, at the time, they, uh, you had to pay a television license tax. Now, a television license tax wasn't for the television. You paid that tax when you bought the television. That's VAT, value-added tax, that you pay when you buy the television. This television license, like in, in England, they used to have for the BBC. I don't know whether they still have it. In a channel that doesn't have commercials means how does a channel finance itself? It finances itself through a tax, and the BBC was a national channel, Colisol was a national channel, so instead of doing adverts, they would tax the people. I was told by certain people, if your television is not connected, then you don't have to pay the tax. So I phoned a lawyer, my wife phoned a lawyer, we asked a lawyer, how, how can we do this? They said, well, write to the uh, Ms. Radarishui, write to the tax office and ask them. So they said to me, if you get something put onto your television, and it's seen by a lawyer, a notary, and, and you, 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 you show that you can't use the television in a regular way, then you don't have to pay the tax. We couldn't do it. The television was a very old television. We couldn't do it. So we carried on paying the tax. Once I was having a conversation with a friend uh, who's also a rabbi in, in Aron Shavuot, and he said to me, oh, I don't pay the tax. I said, well, why don't you pay it? We went through this whole process, and we said we had to pay it. Did you fix your TV? He said, no. But they're not going to come and take it, right? The, the ultimate punishment, if you don't pay for your television license, was that they could come and confiscate the television, right? But he said, but because we live over the green line and the police are too scared to come here, or the, those people, so I'm not going to pay it. I said, but that's... That's not a justified reason not to pay a tax. A tax, especially to the Israeli government, for you in Khuslar, uh, that's considered a, uh, a charity. Giving money to the Israeli government for us is tax. It's not considered charity, but, but you can't not pay tax because you can't get caught. If you don't get caught for doing a crime, it doesn't mean it wasn't a crime. You understand? So... Um, we have to be careful, you know, you, you, in, 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 in understanding things, in understanding ourselves. This is all about understanding ourselves. The fact that we refrain from doing certain things doesn't automatically mean that we are fundamentally good people. We may well. Fundamentally, we're good people because we have a neshama. But, but, and, and the neshama is good. It's nekudat tova. But, but people, the way we define ourselves, it's not simply because we refrain from doing certain things. The fact that we refrain from doing certain things because we're scared. We're scared to get punished. So, in, in short, in this chapter... And, and it goes a lot longer on, but as I say, you, you'll learn the chapter, you'll see what he does at the end of the chapter, how he uh, reconciles this idea of, of paying for our sins with the, the, the inyan of midat harachamim. Essentially, the theme of the chapter is how do I convince myself to do zihirut? How do I convince myself to be watchful? And there are three levels, the highest level is I should convince myself because it makes sense. It just makes sense to do. The second is because, and it's lesser of a, of a ideal, is because I want to get to Alam Habach. And, and I'm motivated by an ulterior positive motive that, that, that if, I, if I behave in the right way, if I'm a good job, I'll get to Alam Habach. And the third is, is the, the lowest level, believe in that, unfortunately today, it's not so prevalent in, in, amongst us in orthodoxy, is that I should do Cheshbon Nefesh because I don't want to be punished. 
uh, a totally ulterior motive, not because I want to get to Olam Haba, because I don't want to go to hell. I don't, I don't want to be punished uh, uh, for, for a long time after I die. Uh, and therefore, that should be enough motivation for me to go out and do Zihirut. What we have to do, Bezrat Hashem, tomorrow is the next chapter, chapter 5. Once we have defined Zahirot, as we did in Perek Bet and Gimel, once we have discussed how to possess it, as we did in Perek Dalad, in Perek Hay, how do we retain it? Meaning, what are, the, what are the elements that stop us from being Zahir? Have a great day.